to No More Mondays, the podcast that helps you navigate career challenges through the wisdom of professionals who have been at the same crossroads. I'm your host, Angie Callen, and I welcome you to join me each week as I chat with leaders, entrepreneurs, and employees who are here to share their practical, tactical advice and some inspiration on how they arrived at career and life satisfaction. From job searching and career changes to going out on your own, we are breaking down barriers and providing actionable takeaways to help you take charge of your Mondays and ditch those Sunday blues. Welcome to No More Mondays. Hello and welcome to No More Mondays. I am your host, Angie Callen. Networking, LinkedIn, professional communities. If you listen to No More Mondays and have for more than a hot minute, you know this is a topic I love to talk about and how much of a game changer networking with actual real humans can be to your professional development. And the day is finally here where I get to dig in and focus an entire episode on this subject as I am joined by Greg Roche, a networking guru and LinkedIn legend who focuses specifically on helping introverts embrace networking and become more comfortable putting themselves out there. By day, he is a non-HRHR guy, and by night, he is an entrepreneur with multiple side hustles, including early childhood education, food trucks, and of course, the executive coaching piece that aligns with the networking stuff he does. He's a man of many talents, and I am excited for, to, for you to get to know him. Let's welcome Greg Roche to No More Mondays. Greg, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Angie. I, uh, I saw a little chuckle when I said uh, networking guru and LinkedIn legend, but it's true, at least in my mind. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know about LinkedIn legend. I don't. Uh, One day. When I think about some people who I would put in that category, I, I, I don't put myself there, but I show up every day and do my best. So that's all you can do, right? You and me both. And before we were coming on the sh on the show, Greg and I were like uh, uh, comparing notes on different performance uh, metrics and things that we're seeing happening. We'll see if we get more into that. But I th I want to like let's cut to the chase. I want to understand how you kind of came into this this world of kind of networking, networking coaching almost, uh, and empowering others to kind of do the same. How did this come to fruition? Well, it was all my own need. And I'll say that because about 11 years ago, almost exactly 11 years ago, I was laid off for the first time. So my boss brought me in the office one day back in October of 2012 and said, I'm eliminating your position. And I had worked at the company for nine years, had steadily moved up, had gotten promoted, thought I knew all about how to have a successful career. And when she said that, I've realized I hadn't done anything to keep a network going, grow a network. I really didn't know what to do. And I had looked at jobs online and I had explored other possibilities over the years, but nothing very intense and, and certainly no networking. I am by nature, very introverted. I, I'm perfectly fine to talk to you. I'm fine speaking in public. I'm fine having one-on-one -on -one conversations. When it comes to walking into a room full of people I don't know, I find the nearest corner and just back into it. And I pray somebody comes over and has mercy on me and starts talking to me. I just am bad at that. It's, it's not something I'm good at. And so I never did it. And I realized after I lost my job, I needed to get better at it. And 
through that process, I just had to figure something out. I had to figure out a way to connect with people. I had to figure out a way to talk to them and, and tell them what I was looking for and create the opportunities for me to find my next, my, my next role. And I was able to do that through something different than going to networking events. I figured out a way I could do it that worked for me. And when I got into my next job, I told myself, I don't ever want to be in that position again. So I'm going to keep doing this. I don't. And and that's the hard thing about working with people who are in this situation is when you really need your network is not the time to be growing your network. Like it's just like if you have a garden, yeah. you can plant the seeds today, but you're not going to eat anything out of the garden for months. It's going to take time. And yep. the problem is nobody thinks about that until they really are in that situation. So I had learned that and I just kept trying to connect with people and that led to new opportunities and different roles. And I had people start telling me, you know, you seem like you're really well connected, but you know, you're never at events. You're not doing anything like that. Like, how do you, how do you network without going to all these events and stuff? And, and so I started telling other people and showing other people, it started working for them. And I started to kind of do some, some online coaching and, and working with some friends of mine. And they were like, this is really great. This worked really well. And so I just kind of kept going with it and following it and trying to figure out how do you teach people to network? Um, because it's not something that we, we think of networking in one particular way. Mm-hmm. And for a good portion of the population, that way doesn't work. Um, and so, so it just, it really grew out of my own need. And I would say the first time I had to find a job, it took me three months, which wasn't bad, but it, it, it happened through connecting with people and networking the second time. And I did get laid off again, um, about six years ago. Um, when, when that happened, it only took me three weeks to land my next role. So I took months. Yes, and, and there's into, the punchline. Mo- yes. Turned months into weeks. Now, yes. is that always going to be the case? Probably not. But you can definitely shorten your search time if you have that network already in place when you need it. So that, that that's kind of how I got into it, and I've just kind of stuck with it, and I'm now just trying to tell people about it, help them understand, and really. I talk about it every day because I hope somebody will come across my LinkedIn posts or my newsletter and will think to themselves, hey, I know I need to network. I don't really need it yet, but I'm going to get started because this guy tells me every single day I need to do it now instead of waiting until <laughs> I actually lose my job. Yeah. yeah. And then and then if Greg doesn't tell me, I see Angie and she's telling me <laughs> because you, you hit the nail on the head and I want to visit this a little bit more later is that you know, you don't start growing food when you need to eat, mm-hmm. right? If you if you're thinking, even if it's an inkling, you're probably already behind the eight ball. Because I also I also feel the approach can has a lot less pressure on it and feels a lot less icky if you're doing it more proactively than during the time of need, where you literally are in a, mm-hmm. in a position of asking people for help. And I I'm also I love when somebody is the like specific real world example of something that I tell people, which is. If you proactively and just consistently network, whether you need a job or not, you will likely never have to go into an aggressive job search because opportunities will come to you and you'll have the right connections to kind of make that stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, 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 yes. Preach, preach, preach. And I also really enjoy that like 
this idea of just from the uh, giving, giving the information out, it really came from your own need. And it's interesting how often I find that to be the case, because if you had this need for like, how do I go about this? Others probably do, too. And now you're taking what you learned firsthand and giving it to others so they don't have to go through the learning curve. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's what I hope to do. I mean, that's, again, what I'm my whole goal is to teach people to be or teach introverts to be better networkers. That, that's what I say in my profile. That's what I tell anybody when they say, what do you do? That's my sort of one line answer to that. And it, what I've seen in working with other people is it, it's worked for other people. And so, like you said, there's other people out there who are in the same position. The thing about it is when I actually break it down and tell them, here's what you need to do. They usually say things like, it can't be that simple. And, and I say, well, it's simple, but it's not easy. It, it's, it's certainly the steps are simple, but it's, it's hard to do because you have to, you have to go out and do it. Nobody's going to come and network for you. Nobody's going to come to you and say like, Hey, let me, you know, you know I'm going to start the conversation and that can be scary for people, but there's a lot of ways to make it less scary. There's a lot of things you can do to get started and get some momentum. And once you start doing it, you get consistent. I've had people say, you know, that thing you told me to do seemed really like it, it, it didn't seem like it was going to work. And it didn't seem like I, it, it didn't seem like a good use of my time, but I did it. And it was not only very valuable, but it was fun. I had a good time doing it. And, and so now I'm like, you know, know. networking can be fun. And doesn't have to be this thing that we all dread if you take a certain approach to it. Um, yeah. And that yeah. I love to hear that kind of stuff because I I think it's pretty straightforward too. Like I said, it's it's the steps are simple, but you have to show up, and you can't just show up for like a week. Like you got to show up consistently. It has to become a part of who you are and a part of your identity. So you're not just someone who uh, networks you are a networker, right? You, it is, it is part of yeah. who you, you are and how people start to see you and identify with you. And if that's how they see you, then you know, you're doing something right there and you'd be surprised at, well, you wouldn't be surprised. Most people though, listening are going to be surprised. All of a sudden these opportunities start to just kind of appear and you're like, where did that come from? And it's like, it's because of your efforts getting out there and talking to people helping them out, finding ways to, to make them successful, and then letting them know what they can do for you. Because people want to help. And if they know how they can help, it may not be today, but when it pops up, when the opportunity comes, you're going to be the top of their mind. And they're going to reach out to you and say, hey, I thought of you first. Well, they thought of you first because you've been out there connecting with them. So it it's definitely something that works for other people. And like I said, I just the hardest part is people getting started and like realizing I'm going to do it now instead of putting it off and coming back to it later. Yeah. And, and, and in case you haven't noticed the word approach has come in into this conversation in, in just 10 minutes a lot. And I think that's a big, it, it both mentally and relationally, it's an important aspect of it. And one thing I, I think is important to think about is if you're going to network, you have to be willing to, to be on the other side of the mm -hmm. network as well. Mm -hmm. And kind of that like karma, what goes around comes around. You can't just suck everyone dry and not and not feed into it. And I think a lot of people are hesitant to do it because some people don't take mm -hmm. that approach to it or just even don't yeah. network. 
And so, you know, there's this idea of like, okay, well, I reached out to 10 people and only three responded. Okay, that's great. Those three are worth your weight in gold. And the other seven, they're not blacklisting you. They're not mad at you. They just don't get it. Right. Network. This kind of networking tends to either be, in my mind, positive or neutral. It is rarely and and almost never a negative action. Yeah. Well, we've all been on the other side of the pitch, right? And and whether it's on LinkedIn or in real life, we've all been in that place where somebody's just met us and is like, "Hey, would you be interested in buying this?" And we all, most of us, well, I'll say all of us, because I I don't know anybody who's like, I love getting that. I've never met that person. If they're out there. Send me a message. I'd love to meet you. But nobody loves to <laughs> I, get, And I would like to understand your thinking. Yeah, nobody. Because I get, we get so many of those in my head. Okay, maybe it's a strategy that works, but on who? It, my point of view, there are certain things in life that I think <laughs> it must work for somebody because people keep doing it. You know, not just, yeah. not just those kind of things, but there's other things in life where I'm like, if it didn't work, people wouldn't do it. So there must be somebody that it works for, or it's so cheap to do it. It's such a low cost in terms of effort and money that there's no downside in, in doing it. Like it's not a waste of anything because it's so cheap to do because otherwise, why would you keep doing it if it didn't work? But again, I don't know who that person is. Like I said, if you're out there listening to it, let me know. I want to know why you, I want to know, but, but we, the point is we've all seen what bad networking looks like. And I think what people yes. get afraid of is I don't want to be that person. And that stops them from reaching out to people and connecting people with people. And at the same time, mm -hmm. one of the things I tell people is anytime you're hesitating or you're concerned, put yourself in the other person's shoes and think about what you would like to receive in, in a networking relationship and do that. I, uh, most of us, not everybody's, we're not all the same at all, but we tend to like the same things. I mean, it's just like the golden rule mm -hmm. of life, right? I mean, do unto others what you'd have them do unto you. And it's like every world religion or value system has some form of that. It may be phrased differently, but the idea is like, if you are going to send a message to somebody, would you like to get that message? Would it be something you would respond to? And, and if you're like, no, if I got this, I wouldn't respond. Well, probably take a different approach. Yeah. And, and, and so I, or people will say something like I sent a message and the people didn't respond. And I was like, and I'll say, have you ever received an email or a LinkedIn message that you just kind of sat on for a few days because you were busy because other things were going on because you want to sit down and write a good response, but you don't want to be rushed. They'll usually say yes. And I say that might be what's going on. Don't panic. Sometimes people will get back to you later. You've got to keep going and keep connecting with other people. You can't just stop and wait for that one. Yes, exactly. And, and also, it, you're not their top priority. And that doesn't mean they aren't willing to help you and that you don't have a place in their list of priorities, but you're falling in 17 other things. Mm -hmm. And I love that idea of like, we're all humans. Humans still matter. It's a hashtag that if LinkedIn doesn't get rid of hashtags, I'm going to try to own on the platform. But it's it's like, we're all still human. So approach approach it as a human. And one of the things I often say is, and, and I want to go back to that in-person networking thing you brought up, and this is how I'm going to get us there, is, you know, I if you were at an in-person networking event and you were not the wallflower who waited for somebody else to come up and you approach somebody, what would you say? How would you introduce yourself? Approach 
like LinkedIn networking very similarly because it's human to human interaction. And if you treat it as such, instead of sending. So when, when Greg and I are talking about the it's, we're talking about these like messaging campaigns. It's lead generation spam mm-hmm. is what I call it. And they, they're known for sending these like six scroll messages mm-hmm. with a Calendly link in the bottom. And it's like a direct hit and I ignore them and I, and mm-hmm. I pass. Yeah. If I have to scroll more than once, I think you're a bot. So you can't be that. You have to take kind of a human approach, even though there is a technology platform in between. And and so I'm I'm actually want to talk a little bit about the in-person networking versus virtual networking and how that can be a little bit more approachable mm-hmm. or maybe even more fun for introverts. Tell me more about that. For in in-person networking. Uh, whenever somebody says I'm going to an event or I'm going to a conference or I'm going to something, how should I network? The key for me is in the preparation, like lots of things in life. You want to establish connections before you show up in person if you can. Now, Mm -hmm. you can't always, but if possible, find a way to connect with people who are going to be there or potentially be there in advance. So that when you walk into this room, it's not a room full of complete strangers. You may not have met the person in person yet, but at least you've interacted. You've probably seen a picture. You've maybe had some back and forth messages and you can at least start a conversation there. So you're not just trying to figure out who should I talk to? That can be the organizers of the event. A lot of times you can figure that out. It can be if you're going to a conference, the speakers, because they'll list who the speakers are. You can try to connect mm-hmm. with them online, start the conversation. Or sometimes, again, conferences will have an app or a list of people who are going to be there. Do what you can to try to connect in advance so that you're not walking in just, again, to a room full of strangers. Yeah. That is you got one an ally. thing I tell people to do. Um, and is it always going to be 100%? No, I mean, none of this is. But if you're if you're planning, you know, make a plan. Don't just walk in and say, I'm going to find somebody to start talking to him because too many things can cause you to get off track. And you end up at the end of the event thinking I didn't meet anybody because I didn't have a plan. So definitely mm-hmm. planning in advance is, is one of the things I tell people about in networking. And it ties a little bit to kind of my own approach, which is connect online, but build relationships in real life, right? So, so you, the people you find or the people you want to talk to, you can do that online, you can start it, but in order to really develop a professional relationship, you're going to need to have voice to voice or face to face contact with that person. Um, you, you, you you can have online friends, that's fine. But again, if you want a deep professional relationship, that's going to be mutually beneficial, then it's going to require that you have a real conversation with them. It's one of the reasons I actually love having a podcast is it gives me a really good ask and a nice excuse to say, hey, Greg, we're friends online. Let's go be friends semi IRL. And then yeah. it turns out he lives like three hours from me. So at some point, you all get the picture of us actually yeah. having coffee. Well, and, and <laughs> even if you just have a phone conversation with people or a video call mm-hmm. with people, that's better than just messages in the chat or email. Yeah. Um, that's where you really get into the deep, the deep stuff of, you know, what are you working on? How can I help you? Uh, as opposed to just writing a, a text-based message back and forth. Yeah. I like this idea that in-person net, in-person networking can be 
extended, let's say, uh, through the virtual connection that makes it easier to kind of nurture passively. But then virtual networking can become more meaningful mm-hmm. if you do move it to more personal platforms. And and one thing I kind of I want to bring into this conversation is, you know, I still think starting with virtual networking is the way easier path of least resistance for a few reasons. One, if you can man up and get yourself to send the message, that is a lot easier than walking into a room full of strangers, even if you have made some pre-connections. And also, unless you're going to like a specific networking event for your industry or your profession or a conference aligned with your profession or your industry, uh, in-person networking is kind of a crapshoot mm-hmm. is how yeah. I look at it. You just don't know who you're going to walk in that room, who is going to be kind of helpful to you, who you're going to be helpful to. Yep. And even if they are in the room, you don't know if you're going to come across them or if they're going to be the one who approaches you where like something like LinkedIn or virtual networking gives you the ability to be really strategic and targeted mm-hmm. with who and how you network. And then you can move those conversations yep. to more personal means. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. And I would say, you know, one of the things, whether it's LinkedIn or any other social platform, but we'll stick with LinkedIn because it's the one most people think about with professional networking. You have that opportunity also, if somebody's active on LinkedIn, to interact with them before you even connect with them, right? To get your name known. And, and I always describe it as if you see somebody's post and you like what they said, imagine that you went to a conference with them and they were the speaker and they presented and what they presented was their post. At the end of a conference presentation, you have the ability to ask questions and your comment is like your question. So make sure it's what you would say in real life if you were asking that person a question at a conference. That's a thoughtful way to engage with somebody on Mm -hmm. LinkedIn, right? Reactions, the like, support, clap, light bulb are fine, but they don't really do much to get you seen Mm -hmm. or uh, or, or personal brand building is an aspect of that. Whereas like ask, ask the commenter a question. You know, you don't also have to agree. You know, sometimes you can be like, well, I've heard this. What do you think of this? And it'll some chatter will ensue. And and that's where then we go back to what Greg was saying about like people start looking at your profile and your views will start increasing. People will start connecting with you. And you don't have to be a content creator in order to leverage something like LinkedIn to network. You can basically leverage other people's content with these thoughtful engagements in order to drive kind of your own networking goals. Yeah. And I would say as somebody who, who is creating on LinkedIn, um, I'll see the same people show up in my comments because I look at those. I mean, you know, there are probably some creators that don't, um, you can usually tell because they don't ever respond to any comments, but the ones who are responding to comments, they'll see you, they'll see your name, they'll remember And if you reach out and connect with them, they're going to accept your connection. They'll probably have a conversation with you. Um, Yes. And so, you know, have that, do that a little bit, be consistent with that. You're going to be able to connect with them and, and then you go from there. Right. And, And so that's one of the good things about LinkedIn in terms of meeting new people. A lot of people will just go search somebody and say, here's the profile I'm looking for, the person I want to meet, which is fine. But one overlooked piece of that is people will go and just hit a connection request. Look at the person's activity. Have There's a section that's called activity, which is posts and comments and stuff. Click on the all activity. When was the last time they did anything on LinkedIn? 
And if they haven't been on the platform ever, like if they've never posted anything, or if it's been a year or it's been months, you can try to connect with them, but they probably are not going to respond. So yeah, they're one of those seven out of 10 who just isn't there. Well, and and the thing about that is people (laughs) say, well, but then, okay, LinkedIn doesn't work and I can't get in touch with people. It's like, but that person, you wouldn't get in touch with them anyway. Like if they're not responding, just forget that they're even in the pool of people to connect with. Well, they work at my target company. Okay, fine. You're going to have to find another way to get to them. It's it, you're just going to have Pick to be someone else. creative or go with somebody else, right? Find somebody else at that yeah. target company. So looking at that activity, I think is important. And that's who you want to follow and show up and look at each yeah. day and comment on because they're on the platform. They're active. They're people you can connect with and start to build relationships with. So I mean, there's some ways to make this faster. There's some some different practices, but part of that is just you have to get on there and and check it out and see what's going on and and engage. I mean, I, I'm always amazed the people that I will talk to in real life who will say things like, oh, yeah, I see your posts every day. I love them. And they've never liked or commented or anything. You know, they're seeing that, but they're not doing anything. And that's fine. That's great. I mean, I have to remember that whenever I'm I'm putting it out there because some of these people are, they might be family or friends or coworkers or things like that. But at the same time, I, I think to myself, why didn't you say anything? Why didn't you engage? Why didn't you participate? I mean, you're there anyway. Um, you know, just don't just scroll, you know, don't just lurk, like, be a part of the conversation. And on the, and so I've got to tell you something funny that happened right before we came on. That's like, so validating to what you just said. But I, but before I do, I'll tell you is join the conversation and don't fear your voice. Cause I think that's a a reason people like refrain from engaging is they're afraid they're going to be shamed. They're afraid that they're going to be chastised for their opinion. And you just have to kind of get over that and trust what you have to offer a conversation. And literally as we were logging in to start recording, Greg, my mother-in-law sends me a text message and it says, Angie, a friend at work saw I liked one of your posts on LinkedIn. So she started following you and said, you're a breath of fresh air on that site. See, this is the kind of stuff that sometimes you don't even know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I hope maybe she'll chime in on some conversations now, but you have impact more than you may realize Mm -hmm. because some of it is kind of behind the scenes or residual. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's, yeah, it, you, again, you never know who's going to see it. So you take that responsibility and you make sure you're being constructive and positive and, and, you know, uh, it, which is odd to me. Sometimes I'll read other people's posts and I'm thinking, why, why did you post that? Like, how did you think that this was going to be a good idea? But that's, I mean, that's social media in general, right? Um, yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, I mean, I will, I'll have people all the time. Just, just say that to me. Uh, and it's good because it lets me know, I mean, back to the, the, the conversation we were having before this with like, how, how's the algorithm doing and, and, and are we, you know, seeing more or less uh, views and, you know, there's still people out there who are seeing it. It may not be the bigger number, but I think it's good to, it, it's a good reminder that we're, we're trying to push numbers because those numbers help drive where we want to go with our, our businesses. And at the same time, every one of those numbers is a person. Every one of those 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 people who saw it has their own issues and problems and things they're struggling with and are looking for solutions. We have to kind of remember those people and not get so focused on getting more and yeah. more and like how can we 
do something to help the people who did show up for us. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a quality mm-hmm. factor yeah. there. Um, and, and you kind of opened the door to something I want to chat about for a minute. We're going to, we're going to take a left turn, but then we're going to come back. So let's stick a pin in the networking for a second. And I, I want to ask you about how you have built this presence on LinkedIn while also having a VP level career, right? One of the, one of the things that people will say to me when, you know, if they come to me and they want help building a business or starting a coaching practice that we're going to do kind of on the side with the goal of transitioning is, well, I still have this job. What do I do with LinkedIn? How do I build this brand and this voice without, you know, either my employer being mad or stepping on their toes, still respecting that? Like, how have you managed that? The, the first thing I think is you have to be, I would say, honest with whether it's your boss or your manager or your employer and make sure that's not, it's not going to be a problem. And, and I've had, I've never had an issue with this. I've never had a boss that came to me and was like, you got to stop posting on LinkedIn or you got to stop doing these things. Um, and I think part of the reason for that is you have to be doing your job very well. So first off in your day job, get it down and get it to a place where you're still performing. You have to figure out what that looks like. Everybody's job is different and everybody's demands are different, but you've got to get to a place where you're doing your job so well that nobody cares what you're doing in your off time. The only time anybody ever cares about what you're doing outside of work is when you're not doing your work. That's the first thing. So you have to prove you have to prove it's not going to be a distraction. And if anything, Mm -hmm. then it can be an enhancement potentially. And, And then you have to be smart about what you're doing such that it's not going to be in conflict with what your role is. And I, I have a very specific niche of things that I talk about that really aren't related to what I do in my day job. So there's not like, I'm never going to be saying anything that my employers is going to say, well, you're talking about our, our company and we don't like what you're saying. I, I avoid that. Right. I, I just stay completely away from it. There are probably people out there who who will say, hey, I'm trying to start a business doing what I do at work on the side. Okay, you're going to have to you're going to have to deal with that, right? You're going to have to come to a way of, of, of balancing those things so that you're not sharing something you shouldn't or you're not taking clients away from your company. You, you, you got to be smart. Okay, I can't tell you the exact way to do it. I can just tell you for me, my two worlds are pretty separate. And my LinkedIn presence is all about my networking stuff. I'm not using it to try to find a new job. Yes, if you look on my profile, you can see what my day job is. You can see what my title is. You can see where I work. That's fine. If People will say, well, then recruiters can't find you. I'm like, I don't care. I'm not asking recruiters to find me right now. Now, you may be in a different spot where you need recruiters to find you. So, okay, post post your role mm-hmm. and what you're doing, but you're going to be using LinkedIn for a different thing. So again, if you're doing well, you're not going to have an issue. If you're staying out of conflict with your employer, you're not going to have an issue. I think the other thing is time. Having a job, this is what I found. And again, look, I'm not sitting here saying like, I've got this like six figure side business that's totally like paying for my lifestyle and I'm ready to quit my job. Cause I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there. I am. I love that and, you just straight up admit that too. I love that you just straight up yeah. because it's it's approachable and it's real. Love I it. am my time frame. I am long term time frame, meaning 
I'm building an audience and content around a topic that I feel like I could talk about for the rest of my life. So this is for me years down the road. Now, not everybody's in that situation. They're like, I need income now because I have to start a business because I've got to get out of whatever job I'm doing. If, if you're going to do that, I, the only thing I can say is you're going to be working more hours. You're going to be working a lot more. You're going to be working nights. You're going to be working yeah. weekends. Or go find a job that gives you, I call it like the Einstein job. This is what I, this is how I think about it. Okay. I think, I bet this is my version of a Band-Aid job. So, go for it. So we'll, I'll come back. I just want to explain what I mean by an Einstein job. So Einstein worked in a customs office or a patent uh -huh. office. One of, he worked in this office where basically he reviewed patents and stuff. I guess it was a it, in he just looked at this stuff, but it only took him a couple hours a day to do that job. So he did everything he had to do. And as far as I have read, he was considered a very good employee. They really liked him. They thought he did a good job, but it only took him a couple hours. And so in the rest of the time he spent thinking about physics so if you're in a job that's high pressure and high stress and you're thinking, I, I got to get out of this and start this side business, but I have no time, you might have to get an Einstein job, right? Mm -hmm. To give you the space yep. to pay the bills till you get the business yes. going. That's one thing to do. I happen to be in a role where I have a strong team. I have a, a you know, doing something that I've done for a while. It takes full time, right? I, I, I work full time. Um, and I'm able to spend enough time each week to continue to create content and grow my audience around this topic. What it forces me to do is get really, really focused on the things I need to do instead of wasting a bunch of time chasing different trends and different growth strategies and things like that. I have to boil down really, really clearly what am I going to spend my time on each day in order to continue to grow this audience. So I, I'm always looking for how can I be the most efficient at this because I don't have extra time to just mess around. I, I limit my time, you know, commenting and engaging you know, on LinkedIn to mostly the morning. Sometimes if I have some extra time in the afternoon, I will look and see what's going on. Uh, I spend some time on weekends developing content. But again, I'm not like working till five or six and then working till midnight. I, I don't do that. I have a family. I've got a lot of other things going on in my life that, you know, it's not just, um, work in the business, but, and, and some people will be like, well, okay, you're never going to like go all in. You're never going to do, you know? And I was like, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. And if I had to like jump in and, and suddenly all of a sudden start making money, that was paying all the bills because I didn't have the day job, I would probably um, make some bad decisions or some subpar short-term decisions mm -hmm. in it in order to make money to pay the bills. So that's my point of view on it. That's not ev how everybody else wants to do it, but I have my job provides constraints that make me work. I think more efficiently in my business. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really interesting point to bring up and I'll, and I'll bring, and I, as we go back into kind of the networking, more specifically focused on networking, I think a lot of this is about what your goals are and what your goals aren't. You have a very clear goal of what this, this business endeavor mm -hmm. does and it, it, what you want it to do and what you don't want it to do. And there's an element of patience. That's mm -hmm. a little bit of a common theme here in that 
you know, you're very rarely can you like strike gold overnight, mm -hmm. right? And so whether it's a business or whether it is in networking, there is this element of patience. Like going back to that idea of like, why messaged this guy an hour ago? Why hasn't he written right. back? Because nope, not everybody's sitting there on LinkedIn all day with the tab open like I am, right? So it, we, you kind of have to subdue the instant gratification they're all really, really prone to. Mm -hmm. And, and just settle in for a long a long-term effort, which is also why when we come back to networking, it is so much better to do proactively when you don't need it yep. instead of when you are in a panic and you do need it. Which brings me to my next question for you. And I just gave us one answer. What are some common mistakes you see in, in people who are getting new and attempting to network? Yeah. So the first one is I need it now. And unfortunately, that's not a mistake that you can fix right away because obviously you've waited too long, but it's never too late to start. I think the other mistake I see people making when they're just starting out is they forget they already have a network, whether they've worked on it or not. Everybody who has spent any time working and, and even college students just coming off a of campus you have some people you know that you could reach out to and reconnect with. And I always tell people when they're starting, start with who you know. Everybody you know in your life, you met because you were around them. I, I call it proximity. You were either in school with them or you worked with them. They're in your neighborhood. They're in your organizations you're in in your life. You, you, you already know those people. And you know them because you were around them. But the other way you know people is because those people you already knew introduced you to somebody else. That's yeah. pretty much how you meet people. There's You could meet random strangers on the street, but most people don't have very many random strangers in their life mm -hmm. um, or people they met like that. Yeah, or you'll have some commonality. I think like alumni networks mm -hmm. are really leverageable on LinkedIn and, and easily overlooked. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and when I say alumni, I either mean school alumni or company alumni, mm -hmm. because it gives you a common link and an air of familiarity that makes it not so cold of an outreach yeah. that feels better because you can say, hey, we went to school together. I'm I'm also living in Denver. I'd love to connect. Yeah. And and that's where it gets the ball rolling. Yeah, it, it, it there's a level of trust. It may not be the same level with everybody you've got relationships with that you talk to all the time, but. There's already this level of you're not some random person who's cold emailing or calling somebody. You're you're somebody, like you said, have commonality with, and that's going to at least start the conversation. And yep. that's, that's, again, people will be like, who should I search for on LinkedIn? And how should I find these people? And it's like, have you gone through each place you've worked on your resume? And you've gone on LinkedIn and seen who, which people that work there in your location, wherever you might know them. Are you first connections with those people? If not, start there. Um, are you already first connections, but you haven't talked to them in a year or so? Reconnect. Send Warm them it up. Or email. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, just, just get in touch and start talking and saying, hey, I thought of you the other day. And I was wondering what you were up to, would love to talk and, and catch up. And starting there, it's so much less intimidating. It's it's an easier thing you can do. You're probably going to get a better response. I mean, not 100%, but you probably get a better response. 
and go with where the conversation goes and then, Mm -hmm. you know, see how you can help other people. I mean, I think that's the other thing is people think I've got to have this pitch that gets them to do something for me. How about you ask them what they're doing, listen to what they're working on and find a way to give them something. If you can do that, they're going to turn around and say, ma'am, you were so helpful. What can I do to help you? And then yep. you don't even have to ask, right? You're, you're like, oh, hey, I'm, you know, I'm interested in this, this and this. Who should I talk to? Mm-hmm. Right. So that door just opened and people love people really do love to talk about themselves. Which is why we tend to approach to it to lead with that fight. I love that you gave yeah. a little like riff of a message you would send because I was going to ask you like, hey, give us an example of a message to send. Mm-hmm. And it's just literally it's just like you would walk up to somebody at an alumni networking event and being like, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. What have you been up to? Yeah. Let's reconnect. It's, it mm-hmm. is that conversational. And I think it's it's easy to overthink it. Uh, and try too hard. And then you, you know, you do seem like too much of an opportunist because you're leading with the me foot instead of the, yeah. hey, tell me about you foot, which is that approach thing we're talking about. Yeah, I would. That's what I tell people. They, they'll say things like, well, what am I going to talk to this person about? What am I going to have? How, what's a conversation look like? And, and I say, ask them about their favorite topic. And they'll be like, well, how would I know that? I was like, it's the same for every person. It's themselves. It's what you just said. We are our own favorite topic, not because we're self-centered. It's just we're the person we spend the most time with. We know the most about ourselves. It's what we know best. We can talk about ourselves all day long, right? Yeah. And when you start having those conversations and you're really listening, you will hear things that you go, oh, I have an idea for that. Or I know a person who does that. Or I could recommend a book they should read. You, that's when I say give, like those are the kind of things I'm talking about. I'm not talking about finding them a life-changing opportunity, just the smallest little thing. And this is something that um, Robert Cialdini, he wrote the book Influence, and he talks about reciprocity. It's one of the seven, now there's eight principles, but one of the original seven principles of influence is reciprocity. They did studies in restaurants where you go... And they put like a, if it's an Asian restaurant, it's like a fortune cookie, or if it's not, they, they put mints on the bill when they bring it to you. And they've proven that people who get that little token, that little gift before they fill out the, the check tip more than people who don't. So we are like, it's a gesture. Sub, we are it's like sub, a gesture. subconsciously we want to give to people who have given to us, right? And you mentioned like karma. It's like, to me, it's like the karmic scales of the universe. We hate the thought that somebody else has given to us and we haven't repaid them. We don't hate it consciously, but subconsciously we're trying to balance the scales. Mm -hmm. If you give people things, they're going to want to give back. And they're going to feel, again, not bad, but they're going to feel it until they do. So, it just has to be something little. It doesn't have to be huge, but yeah. find a way to give to somebody first. And then, like I said, they'll go, what can I do to help you? And then you say, you have to be very specific because you also have to be easy to help. I yes. think sometimes yes. a mistake people make is they say, well, here's my resume. Can you go give it to somebody? That's it. That's hard. Like, I can't tell you how many times <laughs> in my career somebody's done that. And the resume sits on my desk. It gets 
buried under a pile. I want to help the Because you don't know what to do with it. You don't know what to do with it. There's no direct ask there. Yeah. And, and it's hard. I got to go figure out who to give it to. I got to mm-hmm. sell you. I mean, I got to do a lot for you. If you make it as easy as saying like, hey, I'm, I'm looking at these 10 companies. I'd be interested in meeting somebody there. Is there anybody you know at one of those companies? And they go, yeah, I know somebody here. Or no, I don't. But have you thought of this company? Because I know somebody there. Sounds good. Could you send an email and introduce us? Absolutely. Done. That's all they have to do. Yeah. They've helped you. It's you. You've done most of the work. You've done most of the thinking for them by giving them the list. They come up with the idea. They help you, and you meet somebody new. You get introduced, mm-hmm. which again has a level of trust. Now you don't have to be the random person on the cold outreach, and you you get a new contact, and you start the process all over again. You know, it's it, mm-hmm. it's it's just you. It's the same process over and over. You show up week after week, month after month. The yep. network grows. And if you ever get overwhelmed with all the people, you can just dial it back. You can just like yeah. dial back. You're, you're in control of it. Um, but that's the that's the hard part is getting people to think about doing that over and over again yeah. and, and, and staying up with it and, and, and continuing to, to grow the network. It really is constant, methodical, repeatable process. And you're 100% right that you don't you don't really ever want to have to start from stop. However, you could you're still moving forward at 30 miles an hour just as you are 65 miles an hour if it gets to be kind of too overwhelming. And I love this idea of a gesture and I am a huge fan of the be easy to help. Mm-hmm. Uh and it doesn't have to be you don't have to be like super direct blunt and like, "Hey, will you give me this job?" but there are ways to say this is the action that mm-hmm. that this is the specific action that would help me. Yeah. Uh, and and now I want to talk a little bit about the introvert is a superpower in networking, because I have to tell you all, I can help introverts network. I do not have empathy for introverts networking because I love to walk into a room full of people I don't know and work it. I'm probably going to be the one that comes up to you on the wall to bring you into the fold because I don't want you to be standing there by yourself. Mm-hmm. So how as somebody who's somebody that's introverted out there, how do they leverage that as a strength? when they get into this kind of networking process? the One of the things that net, introverts do well is that listening piece of it. Introverts are generally more inclined to listen to somebody who's maybe more extroverted talk. And I think sometimes, while that can be a superpower, because most people love to talk and they love to be heard, one of the things that I tell people is if you can't give anything else, just give your attention because we all have it and everybody else wants it. Um, so give them your attention, but also introverts tend to like to ask questions, deeper questions. So continue to ask good questions to draw out from the person who's talking a, a little bit deeper level uh, of what they're working on or what they're challenged with or tell me more about that you know, use that sort of curiosity to to get the other person to tell you more so that you can be focused on helping them. And look, we're all networking because we need we we want to meet our own goals. We have our own goals and networking helps us get there. But if you're focused on what you can do for other people and how you can help them, um, and and that only comes when you ask more questions and you you dig deeper. 
So I think that's where, you know, in my own career, not just networking, I've gotten the feedback of you're very quiet in meetings. I'm not sure that you're really engaged. And, you know, my response to that is, okay, uh, I'll, I'll take that feedback. I guess my solution to that is I try to really focus on asking more questions and better questions that move the conversation along because I'm processing what people are saying and I'm thinking about it. I don't want to just talk to be heard. I, I want to really move the conversation forward. So for me, it's always, how can I ask better questions? How can I get to know the person more? How can I draw out what it is that they're, they're struggling with? And, and then I can talk and help them and, and come up with a solution. So I, for me, that's, that's the thing that being an introvert helps because I think if you get two big time extroverts talking to each other, they're both just talking about their stuff and neither one of them is probably doing a whole lot of listening. Um, and so people will say to me, well, what if you get two introverts and they're just asking each other questions? It's like, okay, well, a little bit of a challenge there. But again, most people, if you ask them something, they'll start talking and, and maybe it's going to be a little more back and forth. But I think that's that's how you can really be a good networker is by being a good listener and 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 really trying to dig more and, and get more out of them by asking better questions. Mm hmm. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we certainly don't listen and we definitely don't hear. So if you're the one that does that, you automatically are memorable, which I think is amazing. And, you know, now that we're in this kind of like advice component, I know you have some really good resources that go deeper into some of these things we're talking about. So uh, I'd love for you to tell everybody a little bit more about the new, I know you have a newsletter, there's a book, there's the guide to 15 minute networking, all this stuff that has come from your own experience you know, getting into this networking stuff. Tell us more about all of that and how we find it. Yeah, each each week uh, on Saturday, I put out a new uh, new issue of my newsletter, which is called The Introverted Networker. It's on Substack. So theintrovertednetworker.substack.com is how you can go there. It's free to subscribe. Uh, I try to always provide something actionable in terms of what you can do to become a better networker. And... A lot of that has come through experience, but as you said, I also wrote a book called The Fast and Easy Guide to Networking for Introverts, which is available on Amazon, either an ebook or a print. Uh, so that that walks through the process, tells you how to do it, gives you some some ideas and some tips. Uh, have a, an ebook, like you were saying, a 15-minute guide to networking. That's really focused on what you can do small steps each day in 15 minutes in order to, to continue to grow your network. And really, it's all it, it's the same ideas sort of with with different approaches, right? So if you need to do it, it in a small amount of time, you, you can do the 15 minute networking guide. If you're like to read books, you can you can read the book on it. If you want to get the advice every week, it's a newsletter. I've started doing a uh, video uh edition of the newsletter, what I call it. It's almost like a video podcast where I'll talk in more depth each week on the topic I'm going to talk in my newsletter. So that's on my my YouTube channel. And really, the my, my goal there is everybody kind of likes to take in information in different ways. So I'm trying to have different platforms and different ways to uh, consume it and and interact with it and hopefully find some some tips to to be a better networker. I post on LinkedIn every weekday and it's always a tip or something about networking and 
am always there to engage in the comments or if somebody wants to send me a direct message and talk a little bit more, just say, hey, I'm struggling with this. I always try to, to give them suggestions or ideas on, on how they can overcome some of those struggles. But like I said earlier, this is something I could talk about for hours. I can talk about this all the time. I, can, I, I never really get tired of talking about this. Even when I start to see the same questions come up again and again, I know, hey, that's something I really need to address in the next newsletter. This is a topic people are asking. A lot of people have the same struggles. That's how I, I think about what I need to write about each week. So trying to listen for where people are getting tripped up and what the problems are is is where I try to focus and, and figure out how I can solve that problem for people. You and I share the the I could talk about this forever because it's it is it's a game changer if you're willing to embrace it. And the point I'd like to break I'd like to make with, you know, Greg talk about all of his resources is yes. This is a constant, methodical, repeatable thing that you want to do consistently, but that doesn't mean you. it has to be a time suck at the same mm -hmm. time. So I hope all of you will check out some of the resources Greg has to offer. He's connected to me on LinkedIn, and I can tell you that all of his thoughts and wisdom that are put out are fantastic. Mm -hmm. If you connect with him, the two of us will just fill your news feeds with yeah. great things. And, uh, and there are links to all of his resources there, and we will be sure to have that profile link in the show notes. And there you have it, everyone. Angie and Greg get on the soapbox about why you should be professionally networking all the time, no matter whether you have yep. a job or not. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Always be connecting. ABC. That's what I, that's ABC. what I tell people. Yep. I love it so much. Greg, thank you so much for being here, for sharing your insights and some of your personal experience with how this these kinds of things have come to light mm -hmm. and benefited you. This was a really good practical, tactical conversation. I hope all of you got some little pearls of wisdom out of it. Thank you again, Greg Roche. Find him on LinkedIn, connect with him, follow along and get some tips on how you can always be connecting. Thanks. There you have it, everybody. Another fantastic No More Mondays episode. We always love hearing from people who have successfully navigated their own career challenges and are charting a path to their success better when they're helping others. As I mentioned, there is some awesome tactical advice here, so I hope you will go dig deeper and consider how networking can support your future career development. For all of you out there, I hope you will head on over to nomoremondays.info to grab the show notes and links from today's episode, drop us comments or a guest suggestion, and also leave us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts because it's a huge help as we continue to bring you these inspiring conversations. And until next week, when I see you again for another episode of No More Mondays, I hope you have a great one. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No More Mondays. Tune in next week as we bring you more insights and actions to help you improve your life and career. Don't forget, visit us online at nomoremondays.info to get all the details, show notes, and recommendation from this episode. No More Mondays. We drop new episodes every Wednesday. No More Mondays is brought to you by CareerBenders, Inc. in partnership with executive producer Jane Durkee. For more information about career coaching, resume writing, personal branding, recruiting, and entrepreneurship coaching services, visit us online at careerbenders.com.